your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Friday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes and the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we have a good episode for you today. We're going to be talking about Iowa versus Utah State, the game taking place in the Pentagon tomorrow night. We're also going to talk some more Iowa football. So we have all these guys coming in from recruiting class who could still be on the way out. We're going to talk about those decisions here in a few short moments. We're also going to talk about some interesting rumors we've heard in regards to Spencer Petras and whether or not he's going to be available for the Citrus Bowl. And how does this impact the future quarterback decision that is all coming up on today's episode. But first, I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. We're here Monday through Friday. And today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head over to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. So we're going to get to Iowa, Utah State at the end. First, though, I want to talk about the Spencer Petrus news. So from what I've heard, Spencer Petrus may not be available for the game in the Citrus Bowl. Now, I don't know what he has been suffering as far as injuries goes. It sounds like he got hurt in the Michigan game. But you know Iowa, you know Kirk, can be a little bit coy with what is going on in the injury front. So we don't exactly know what's happening with Spencer. But if that is true and they get back to practice, we're going to find out pretty quickly. And once they release a depth chart, we'll have a pretty good idea of what's going on. It sounds like it's less about Alex stepping over Spencer and more about Spencer being injured at this point. But I think if you're Iowa, you look at this as an opportunity. You see with a couple of weeks of bull prep against a solid Kentucky team, can Alex go out there and can he play winning quarterback or can he play winning football at the quarterback position? Going into this offseason, you need to make a decision. I don't like the idea of having two quarterbacks where you don't feel comfortable with being the guy. Now, Kirk might say he feels comfortable with that, and that's why they're not exploring the transfer portal. But when you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback, right? Anytime, and he says this, he doesn't want people to be looking over their backs. But we have seen them switch guys in and out throughout the end of the season. Now, supposedly most of that was due to injury, which I can understand. But also, it seemed to be very timely with ineffectiveness as well. Now, part of that comes with the injury front. But you need to pick out a guy. You need to figure out who is the guy you want to roll with and have them battle the other guys in camp. For the sake of Spencer and Alex, I think if you go in there with another year of a quarterback competition, I'm not sure both those guys stay. I'm not sure Alex Padilla stays. Look at what he did in that Northwestern game. I thought it was very impressive coming in as a backup quarterback and delivering balls on a dime. Now, he struggled the other games. I will openly admit that. But he showed some pretty nice things on tape. And coaches are going to look at that and say, we could use a guy like that. Alex came here to start. So did Spencer. 
But at this point, do you feel like either of those quarterbacks can truly run the offense to perfection? Yes, they can be effective if all is going well. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. You can be effective and win games. But you want a quarterback who can help you win those games and is not just helping you not lose those games. Again, Trent Dilfer is the best example of this. A guy who, for all intents and purposes, a complete journeyman. He did not really do a lot. He was very much sit back and rely on your team to win the game. He did it with the Ravens with that phenomenal defense. He only had to, I'm looking around, he had to complete 12 of 25 passes for 153 yards and one touchdown. He also had a pick six. Now, granted, it was negated due to a, a holding, but Trent Dilfer was not a great quarterback, and yet he won a Super Bowl. Outside of that Ravens game, there are not a lot of examples of a team that had a bad quarterback and won a Super Bowl or an average quarterback and won a Super Bowl. That is why NFL teams work so hard to identify their quarterback of the future. Now, this is not the NFL. However, it does still ring true. Look at teams with good quarterbacks. It is very rare in this era save for Georgia maybe, to go to a national championship game and not have an all-pro level or an all-American level quarterback or even an all-conference level quarterback at that. Alabama has had first-round pick after first-round pick at quarterback, and you had Jalen Hurts as well, the second-round quarterback. Clemson had Trevor Lawrence. They also had, I know we don't want to talk a ton about about this guy, and I'm drawing uh, drawing a complete blank right now. Holy crap. Uh, number four, Deshaun Watson. Wow, I was really strong with that. There's been a lot of big-time quarterbacks at the national championship game. I'm not saying Iowa is going to make it to the national championship game if they had a big-time quarterback, but if you look at last year, two years ago in 2020, if we had Nate Stanley, Iowa goes 8-0. No. I don't know. I don't think Iowa beats Purdue this year, regardless of who's at quarterback. But it definitely wouldn't have hurt to have a quarterback like a Nate Stanley there. Or in Wisconsin, where we couldn't do anything on offense, having a quarterback who can make things happen. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Again, um, when the depth chart comes out, we'll have a bit more information. Right now, Iowa's been mostly focused on recruiting. They're going to turn their attention to the bowl game uh, starting next week after finals week this week. We're going to get more information coming out of practice in regards to that. And as we do, we'll let you know. But for all intents and purposes, it seems like Spencer Petras may not be playing in the Citrus Bowl. And we are going to get Alex Padilla with Joey Labas as the backup. Uh, could be an interesting time in Iowa Hawkeye Nation. Coming up, we are going to talk a little bit about who could stay and who could go. Those are very important conversations. We have a lot of guys coming in as recruits. But who is going to be actually returning to the Iowa Hawkeyes? We don't exactly know at this point who that's going to be. So before we get to that, though, I just want to tell you, have you ever had an issue where you're about to putt to win the tournament? Right? You're playing a golf tournament. The putt to win the tournament, you're right there. You got a really cool hat on. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? 
Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. And over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head over to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That is netsuite.com slash NCAA. And we talk a lot about betting here at the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, and you can place all of your bets that you hear from me at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season, so head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you need to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And again, thank you for making the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021, local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins today. So check that out. Come Before that, we talked about Spencer Petras. We're turning our attention to who could actually be leaving. We talked a lot about recruiting this week. A ton. Every single episode had a recruiting spin on it. But now I want to talk about who could be leaving, right? Because that when we talk about who could play early, right? Could Xavier play early? He could, but it also very much depends on who is actually going to be here next year. And we don't know at this point. To this point, Iowa has had a few transfers. We expected Tyrone Tracy Jr. to leave. That was not uh, an unforeseen thing. We expected Tyler Goodson to potentially leave, although I thought he may come back. I didn't think his senior or junior season was really all that good. But nevertheless, the, the shelf life on the running back is very, very short. So he needs to go get his money while he can. So we we'll kind of saw that happening again. But who else could be leaving? And it makes it really difficult because you have an extra year of COVID eligibility. So a guy like Riley Moss, who has played all four years of his eligible time at Iowa, including his gray shirt year where he came on scholarship, Riley Moss has an extra year due to COVID. Sam Laporta is a junior. He has next. He has actually two extra years, technically, if he wanted it. Charlie Jones has an extra year because of COVID. Jack Campbell is a very good player, has a couple of years. Tyler Linderbaum has two years, actually, if he really wanted to. Dane Belton has a couple of years. Jack Herter has one extra year. And Kyler Schott has an extra year due to COVID as well. Do any of those guys return? That's a big question. It really changes the dynamic of this team, right? If Dane Belton, Jack Kerner, and Riley Moss all return, we only have one open spot in the secondary next year. And it's at the place 
where Matt Hankins has recently departed, which is probably going to be Jamari Harris or Terry Roberts. But if Dane Belton leaves, well, now we open the door up for Xavier or Cooper. If Jack Herner leaves and Dane doesn't, we still open the door up for a Cooper DeGene or an Xavier. Now, it's worth noting, obviously, Sebastian Castro in that mix as well. Quinn Schulte in that mix as well. I don't want to take away anything from those guys. It wouldn't surprise me to see them win the job, but I just those are the guys people are thinking about, Cooper and Xavier. If if Jack leaves, what could happen is Kayvon could slide over into Jack's spot. We could see Cooper or Xavier in that safety spot and Dane stay put, or Dane could slide back, as we have seen in the past as well, with Cooper or Xavier playing that cash position. If Riley Moss leaves, which is expected considering he did accept the invite to the Senior Bowl, although that doesn't officially declare him for the NFL draft, if he leaves, now we have two open cornerback spots. Now that becomes very interesting because Cooper DeGene was playing corner in the last couple games for a few snaps. Does that mean Iowa sees him at corner or at safety? I think most people project him at safety, but it sounds like because of depth reasons, he was at that cornerback spot. Could he win a position or win that battle just so we can get on the field? Again, Phil Parker likes to play his best guys. The obvious candidates are Terry Roberts and Jamari Harris, but do not count out Cooper DeGene at that spot. Sam Laporte is a really interesting one. I'm really curious to see what his stock is and what makes him want to go. We know he's a solid tight end, but I, I cannot see him as any more than the fourth or fifth round tight end at this point. He's had some issues with drops. PFS, PFF has never really graded him as a fantastic blocker. Now, I think he's a great tight end, but I think with another year with a potentially better quarterback situation, Sam Laporta could rise up the draft, you know, draft scout world. Excuse me. No words are coming out there. So look, when we look at it, Dave Belton, I think, could be a mid to late round draft pick, kind of Geno Stone-like a little bit. Tyler Linderbaum, I'd be so shocked if he returns. The only thing we have going in our favor is the fact that he loves Iowa and he can make some money off of NIL. But when you have that kind of money in front of you, you have to take it. It's just it, TJ Hawkinson dealt the same thing. You have to take that money. You've won so many awards. You have nothing to win from a college football perspective. The only thing that you have left is maybe get your degree, which he does want to do. But is that enough? And has he finished already? Dane Belton, I'd be shocked if he left. Jack Herner, I really feel like he is going. He went out on senior day. I think he's kind of hit his ceiling for what he can do. You might as well take your shot at the NFL. He's probably going to be a UDFA or a late round pick, depending on how he runs. Riley Moss could be as high as a second round pick or as low as a fourth or fifth round pick, depending on how his injuries shake out. How do teams feel about his injuries? And that's the only reason why I think he could return is the fact that he could get rehab, get healthy, and then go into next NFL draft season with a fully renewed body, rejuvenated body. Sam Laporta, I think, could be a fifth or sixth rounder. Charlie Jones is a really interesting case because teams do like return men. He hasn't shown as much on the wide receiver front, but I think he did show enough. But mostly it comes down to, do you want a return man? And how much are you willing to spend on draft capital for that? 
he could go as high as a fourth or fifth round pick. We saw Iowa State's backup running back, who was a return man, get drafted by the Vikings and do pretty well so far. Charlie Jones is a guy who could get that kind of love. And if he tests well, if he runs a sub 4 that could look pretty good. Now, granted, with a slightly slimmed down wide receiver room, maybe Charlie returns to try to show what he can do on film a little bit more from a wide receiver position. Although I would say he's done quite a bit to this point. Jack Campbell, I can't see him going, but he is getting a lot of love. I've seen him ranked as high as a third round draft pick. It's tough to turn that kind of stuff down, but I think Jack Campbell, if he returns, can really show out what he can do, potentially get into that second round range. Um, he can show some of his range covering people and his speed. Um, he's not just another Iowa linebacker who is probably a better fit in the 70s and 80s. And then finally, Kyler Schott. Kyler Schott was looked at as one of the better offensive guards coming into the season. He injures himself jumping off a, a tractor, truck, trailer, whatever you want to call it. Kind of struggle, had an up and down season. Does he come back? I think it would help his draft stock if he were able to come back and have a dominant season at the guard position. Does he feel like he can have that or does he feel like he hit his ceiling? That's kind of the, the main the main thing here. I think Kyler, Kyler Schott should come back, but whether or not he comes back, I think is more 50-50 than we think it is at this point. So that's kind of who could stay, who could go. Um, as we get more news, we'll definitely make sure to cover that. We're also going to talk about opt-outs and what that means for the, the sake of bowls. Um, Iowa has not typically had this issue, but a lot of bigger schools have in the past. We're going to talk about that, and is there a way to fix that? That's going to be coming up on a future episode. Coming up, though, in a few short moments, we're going to talk to you about the Iowa-Utah State game. Before we get to that, though, the holiday season is right around the corner. In fact, we're actually in the holiday season right now. So grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar. It is a built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein, you honestly get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, honestly, you're going to have a hard time choosing, and they have new flavors coming out almost every single day. So you have to constantly be checking their website. You don't want to miss out on a fantastic limited-time flavor like white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles or eggnog. So, with this season, is tough. A lot of junk food around. Grab yourself something that tastes just as good but has so much better health benefits for you. And go grab some of the new flavors they have or the new kind of treats they have as well. The Built Bar Puffs, a little bit different consistency, but just as awesome, kind of a different variety and spin on the Built Bar itself. So go to Built.com. You can try all this stuff at Built.com, B-U-I-L-T.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's Built.com, LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. All right, y'all, we talked a lot about football. Let's get into the basketball game taking place tomorrow night, Iowa versus Utah State. Iowa's had over a week off since a pretty rough outing, uh, losing to Purdue, losing to Illinois, and getting just creamed by Iowa State. This game is going to be basically a bounce-back game. They cannot afford to lose this game. They need to get some positive momentum going into some of their cupcake games before the conference schedule begins. Now, when you look at Utah State, they're not a bad team. They have a new coach, a few new players, but they are still a pretty solid team, a very strong shooting team. They have four guys shooting over 37% from three, including their two big men. Uh, Justin Bean is shooting over 50%. Brandon Horvath is shooting over 40%. 
those guys are going to be dangerous against Iowa. What I'm really interested in seeing, though, is really three things from the Hawks. Can Keegan Murray come out and be healthy, and can he take over this game? Can Patrick McCaffrey be Excuse me, I'm a little bit sick. Can Patrick McCaffrey be the guy we need him to be, which is a Joe Wieskamp-like guy? We don't need him to shoot threes, but we need Patrick to be kind of that that stretch wing kind of guy, a guy who can get down low and get rebounds and is willing to get involved there. Can he convert around the glass? We've seen so many good things from Patrick McCaffrey, but we haven't seen him put it all together. right? One night he's shooting really well. One night he's driving really well. One night he's running the floor really well. We need to see him put all of those things together. Patrick McCaffrey has so much talent. And I would like to see him put it together against Utah State. And also, what is going to be the leash for this ones and twos rotation, the point guard and shooting guard? In a press conference earlier this week, Fran McCaffrey talked about that rotation, and he said, we have a lot of options at that position. I'm not going to make any changes in and right now with what he's doing. I'm not going to make any changes at all with who is starting. I'm comfortable with those guys, but as the game goes on, as different things happen, you try different combinations. We did have J-Bo in there at the point for a little bit in the previous game. I'm very comfortable with Joe, with Aaron. You put J-Bo in there, it gives you more flexibility to play Tony and Peyton. Peyton gives you a little bit more three-point shooting abilities. And then we have Connor, who can play that position as well. So for those of you clamoring for Tony Perkins or Aaron Euless, it is not happening anytime soon, but I am interested to see what is that leash and how quickly is Fran getting a feel for what this game is going to look like. Having Jordan Bohannon in there makes sense because then you do have the ability to play Tony Perkins, who can play a little bit better defense. You have Peyton Sanford, who can also play pretty good defense and can shoot the three ball. So when you need a little bit more outside shooting, that rotation does make sense. When you need more defensive energy, though, it's really a toss-up between Joe T., and Tony or Aaron and Tony or even Joe T and Aaron, we've seen them play together as well. It's a good problem to have as long as Fran can figure out what needs to happen in each game and they can work and coexist together. Rebounding is another thing I want to see. Can Iowa pick it up on the boards? They have been absolutely slaughtered. Now, in previous years, they've gotten beaten on the boards, but never as bad as what I've seen in the last couple of games. It has been absolutely ridiculous and Fran got asked a question about rebounding and kind of what they need to do and he had an interesting thing he mentioned the fact that it is a lot of effort but he said there's a challenge to the guys and again it's a collective thing it's not okay my threes fours and fives have to do a better job which they do but one two three four five everyone that's out there has to do a better job rebounding and we have to make sure we're not leaking because we like to run how many are they sending to the glass some teams will send four some teams will send one and they'll drop four They'll drop three. Who knows? So for us, we just have to keep them all in there until we get the ball back and then we can run. Again, it's kind of a – it's an interesting situation. Fran's teams like to play with a significant amount of tempo. We've seen this team be willing to get in transition very quickly and can score very quickly, and that's demoralizing. But what's more demoralizing is when you have those guys dropping back to get ready for that outlet pass, and all of a sudden the other team gets an open three because the ball bounced them. It'll be interesting to see – what does Iowa do in this game to ensure they don't lose the rebounding battle? Now, Utah State is not a very good rebounding team, so that gives Iowa a little bit of an opportunity there to try to pick it up in this game. He also mentioned the fact that Joe Wieskamp was a very good rebounder, and they're looking for Patrick McAfee to really be that guy. He said, so we've been encouraging Patrick. He had four in the last game. You've got to be up in that five, six, seven range. Wieskamp was at seven. 
I think that has helped him when the pros were looking at him. It's like this guy makes shots, but he also rebounds, and they need that. We all do. So, again, we talked about Patrick McCaffrey. I want to see him put it all together. Can Patrick McCaffrey be a little bit more involved on the defensive end, getting those rebounds, and then helping run the offense in transition? That'll be interesting to see as well. The only other thing I want to cover is the fact that when you look at Utah State, I think it's important to cover some of the contextual pieces, some of the scheduling pieces. So far, Utah State has three losses, um, one to UC Davis, which is 192nd, according to Kempom. They lost to St. Mary's in a close game at on the road, or at home, excuse me. Uh, St. Mary's ranked 37th, according to Kempom. BYU, they lost to as well, 25th, according to Kempom. They've also beaten 35th ranked Oklahoma. And right now, Utah State is a very good matchup for Iowa. 42nd in adjusted offense, 71st in adjusted defense. Iowa right now, their defense has really struggled, 116th. So this is an opportunity to play a solid offense, a very strong shooting team. Again, they love to shoot the three. They are 59th in the nation in terms of three-pointer distribution. It's pretty good. Again, four guys over 37%. Iowa needs to defend the perimeter, and they need to get offensive and defensive rebounds at a better clip than what they've been doing. Now, defensively, Utah State, not a very good defensive team, all things considered. This is, could be a very high-scoring game, but it's important that Iowa doesn't let it become a high-scoring game, and rather they allow themselves to get out in transition, they put pressure on Utah State, and they make it a blowout, not a run-and-gun, high-scoring, back-and-forth game. That's usually what happens. They struggle with closing out on defense when they're playing such good offense and the defense is allowing them to do that. And that's where Iowa gets in a lot of trouble. So that'll be one of the things I'm also watching in this game as well. So to kind of wrap it up, can Keegan Murray come back healthy and can he be effective? What can Patrick McCaffrey do? Can Patrick McCaffrey kind of be the all-around guy we've been looking for? What is the leash going to be on Iowa's guard situation? Can they improve rebounding? And can they stay consistent on the defensive end of the basketball court and stop Utah State and not allow Utah State to make plays offensively and keep themselves in the game? Those are the things I'm watching for in tomorrow's game. We're going to be breaking down the outcome of that game on Monday's show, but that will do it for our show today. If you want more betting advice, right, if you want betting advice on other non-Iowa games, I would highly recommend you check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They do a great job giving you three to four picks every single day that you can bet on at betonline.ag. But that will do it for our show today, Hawkeye Nation. Unless something breaking comes out or someone's transferring, we are going to be back on Monday giving you all the news you need to know about your Iowa Hawkeyes. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a fantastic Friday and even better weekend. And as always, Hawkeye Nation. Let's go Hawks.